Welcome back to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch, back after a two and a half week break to mourn the loss of the Dodgers seasons. With me in mourning, I think, is Eric Steven. We're actually recording this in the evening. So, yeah. But, yeah, hello. Wow. <laughs> so, four years in a row, the Dodgers have lost to the eventual champs. They are the four time defending. Is that banner worthy? Speed bump champion. Yes. <laughs> I think so. Why not? Four years in a row, I was thinking about this, that arguably the quote-unquote winner of the um, trade deadline also losing in the World Series specifically. Oh, all right. Astros with Grinky, the Dodgers twice in a row with uh, Darvish and Machado, and uh, uh, the the Indians with the Andrew Miller trade before that. So, something to think about. I I like where your head's at there. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the World Series and just how we sort of felt, kind of in reflection on watching a bunch of baseball that didn't involve the Dodgers, and then we're gonna look to the offseason ahead and preview that all after this break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So you, you got to cover in, in person a lot of the, the World Series, right? Uh, yeah, for the first time, uh, I traveled for like an actual, like extensive period of time. Uh, How many I times went... have you seen the Astros win games in the World Series in person? Oh, you're you're okay. hitting on a record here. Uh, I so there the Astros in World Series play are five and two with me in attendance. <laughs> wow, <That's> impressive. <laughs> so I, I went to the middle three games uh, in Washington D.C., which was wonderful. Uh, 
that uh, was an experience. That was really fun. Like I, I've been to the city once before, but it was like over 20 years ago. And um, I got to have breakfast with my brother one of the days. He lives in Baltimore, so or near Baltimore. That so that was cool. Um, yeah, it was like a fun trip. The, the World Series itself was like bizarre because the road team won every single game, like which never happened ever. <laughs> um, and like, like so that that was crazy because we look we talked about how like the Nationals like man once the Nationals get past the Dodgers like they can win it all because like they you know they have like the ingredients right starting pitching all this stuff um, uh, like you know enough on offense to do whatever plus the Cardinals weren't as good as the Braves so like better matchup for them they roll through the Cardinals they not they close. win the first the, the what I said not close oh right yeah man uh, there was something weird with that how I heard it and I swear I thought you yelled a cuss word which would have <laughs> oh, wow. been just hilarious like but usually I'm the one who gives an explicit tag yeah and then all of a sudden Jacob's just like ah but anyway um yeah so then they win the first two games in Houston they beat uh Verlander and Cole the first time they'd lost like back-to-back games all year um and so Wow, the Nationals are going back home with a chance to win the title, and then they lose all three games at home. So the the feeling uh, that Sunday night game five was after the plus Max Scherzer was like hurt, right? Like he got oh, scratched yeah. from game five, and now it's like okay, Strasburg in game six, fine, but it's also against Verlander. But and then like you're just hoping Strat- or Scherzer is like healthy at all if you get to game seven at all. But like the feeling was the Astros are going to go home and win now. Like they took care of business, like literally. <laughs> All right, they, like it, it was fun while it lasted, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, um, the the Nationals win two comeback games in Houston, and just an amazing uh, series. It was a it was a way, weird, fun postseason. I liked it. Yeah, we got a, we got a question shortly after the Dodgers had lost uh, from Todd, I think, on Twitter, asking uh, who who would who should you root for? Who would you root for? And there's this weird thing where I I find myself more able to root for the team that just beat the Dodgers or, or whatever team I'm rooting for and whatever sport I'm rooting for, uh, maybe more so than others, but that's bit me so often. Uh, right. I, I, there was a time, a Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers where I rooted for the New England Patriots. That Why? never happened God, again. Why? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, well, it, yeah. Was the ta- it, was, it was so easy to root for Tom yeah. Brady, all that. So now I know. Now I'm sure the Nationals are just going to become the like the 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 new age Cardinals or Phillies, where I have all these horrible memories. But a really uh, a city that's easy to root for, uh, a team that was uh, fairly easy to root for, and honestly, like for whatever reason, that as heartbreaking as Game Five was against the Nationals, that felt more. I don't know. Unlike the Matt Stairs moment, I don't have this um, Kendrick uh, um, Howie Kendrick moment where like. I like I I like seeing Howie Kendrick. He's smiling. I never want to see Matt Stairs again ever. I just um, who knows why that is, but that's just how I feel uh, about the series. Also, so, really difficult to root for the Cardinals, the Astros, or the Yankees. So there, yeah, there's that, and then like um, you know, uh, other than like rooting for like Kurt Suzuki's hat choices, you know, there's just we all have tough decisions to make. But uh, I would say like it's weird because. You you could fall into a trap, right? If you there's two schools of thought. I don't. I never get the. Well, I'm not watching baseball anymore because like the, uh, my team lost, right? Like, like oh, the playoffs are over me. I I I, I mean that's that's I don't I, I don't. I, I have to that. I have some issues. Uh, I I definitely took some games off just because. Yeah. You know, 
it, it was it was a long season. I had a lot of hope and seeing seeing the joy of other fans that I wasn't experiencing just bummed me out. So I, you yeah, know, I checked I, out of a few games. I I completely understand the like the need to like decompress after the long season, but just to like write off the rest of the playoffs oh, is sure. always weird yeah. to me. But like, but also, so that let's say you um you all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm gonna root for the team that knocked my team out. So. If you're a Dodger fan, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the Nationals. Like, uh, the problem is, like, then that team has a chance to burn you twice because not only did they knock out your favorite team, but all of a sudden you're rooting for them and they lose, and then, <laughs> then you're like, oh man, now I, now, you know, if you're yeah, thinking ma- about this, way, imagine like, Braves fans, right? Well, oh, good job, Cardinals, oh. good series. You, 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 you just were the better team. I think you're way better than other teams are going for. Go, go get the Nationals. And Oops. then, nope. Yeah, <laughs> Oops. they were. I mean. That that they had the worst series of any team. Like, uh, like they they were like obliterated in those four games. It wasn't it wasn't particularly like competitive. That was that was crazy. Well, let's move back to the Dodgers. We're going to talk about uh, the lawn. It's always a lawn off season, but you've been tweeting about this a lot. It's looking like it's going to be like the last couple of years, and especially lawn off season. Yeah. But before that, some happy news. Uh, we have. You, we, you and I were arguing about this before we get on. I'm saying one final Cody Bellinger pace update. Yep, I, I will go along with it, and then I will completely shift ranks if a certain thing happens before. No, our no, next no. Episode. I think he will. This certain other award that we hasn't been announced yet. I think he's going to win it, but that's not a pace anymore. The season is finished. It's okay. a Cody Bellinger accomplishment update. At but, that point, so uh, my argument is before we get into this week's pace update is that let's say Cody Bellinger wins NL MVP. And then my my argument would be the pace is that <laughs> he's thing. he's won one in three years, so now he's on a pace for six MVP awards. Okay, all right, you might win this year. now. Yeah, right. so, I see. I like your logic. Yeah, but he won something. Actually, yep, uh, he was a Gold Glove winner. Uh, he, as we know, like he played center field in the playoffs. Uh, he started the year at first base, and uh, and now. Uh, he played most of his innings at right field, and that's where he he uh, got the votes from. Uh, they the Gold Glove has like um, certain innings requirement. I, I forgot exactly what it was. It's it's something like at a certain point in the season, I want to say like 120 games. You have to have something like 70 percent of innings at the, at a certain position or something like that. I forget what it is, but there there's been a lot of like multi position type players in recent years. So they, I think they've relaxed it a little bit to where. As long as you played a number, a certain number of total innings, I think you're okay at your main position or whatever. But so that was always like sort of the concern with Bellinger in terms of like a Gold Glove award. Like if he was playing a bunch, uh, like moving around a lot, but still valuable at like everywhere. Like how do you really reward that? But he turns out he had more than enough innings in right. So he he was he voted the Gold Glove. It was the first Dodger Gold Glove since Zach Greinke in 2015. Um, the first position player by the Dodgers to win since uh, Adrian Gonzalez in 2014, and the first uh, Dodgers outfielder to win Gold Glove since 2011 when they had two, Andre Ethier and Matt Kemp uh, in the same year. Uh, so, okay, so <laughs> I looked deserved. this up. The Gold Glove, I think, uh, uh, I forgot the first year. I think it's 1956, I want to say. Um, uh, there's been two other Dodger right fielders to win gold gloves. Uh, now, keep in mind, they didn't split the positions for the actual award until like the last in the last decade. But like, you know, primary, I'm going by like primary position they played that year. Sure. 
Um, so who can you name the other two? Did Raul win one? He won two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, ninety-five and ninety-seven. And can you name the other one? No. I'll give you a hint. Oh. He's been mentioned this podcast. <laughs> Wait. Uh. 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 Still no. Now. Now I'm confused. Andre Ethier. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I, I misunderstood you. I, I guess oh, like, I, I like, guess I was in, ruling him out already. I got you. That's that's my that's my bad. <laughs> um, okay. So, <clears throat> in addition to Kemp, who we mentioned, Ethier, Bellinger, Mondesi, there are uh, four other Dodger outfielders at any position to win a Gold Glove. Can you name them or any of them? Say the question again. Okay, so there's there's four other outfielder Dodger okay. outfielders to win Gold Glove besides Camp Ethier, Bellinger, and Mondesi. Who are they? Oh boy, uh, uh, can I get some years? Can I get some years? How okay, many? Anyway, I'm going to ask this real quick. Uh, yes. How many also won Rookie of the Year? None. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna run out of answers. <laughs> okay, so I'm, the first one the first one is Brett Butler. No. Okay, I'm out. So okay. All right, so uh, I'll just give them to you. Wally Moon, 1960. Yeah, nope. Uh, he played primarily left. He was uh, known for both. He was a left-handed hitter, but he hit what they call moonshots off the very shallow right field uh, fence at the Coliseum. But he also they, played. I see what they did there. Right, and he also played left field there. So that was like his area to shine. Um, Willie Davis, who's like. <sighs> Yeah. Prime years was in the '60s, but he, his three gold gloves were in the '70s. Like, and look, if you think about it, like um, you had like Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente, like in the National League outfield and in their primes in the '60s. So it's understandable, like where you, there's basically only like one slot open every year at most. Um, he would have so been. He, won, he was up on my guest list. I'm a, I'm a little upset. I passed so aggressively now. Yeah. So 1971 to 1973, he won. He's the only um, other other than Mondesi, the only or and Kemp won two years, but um, so multi years. And then the other uh, Dusty Baker, nineteen eighty one, also left left field. Uh, da- Willie Davis was center field, by the way. Mm-hmm. The other was a center fielder and a, and sort of a like a okay, I guess he was a Dodger. Is in that it's Steve Finley in two thousand four. Yeah, they, not they, counting they, that. <laughs> they, they, picked, they, they picked him up at the trade deadline of yeah. July thirty first. I certainly and remember they, that year. <clears throat> would not have rem- one remembered he won a Gold Glove, and always weird to count. You know when he spent right. a little bit more than half the season on another team. So. And everyone knows you get a boost for hitting a division winning grand. Season, Absolutely, so. that's just yeah. that's part of good defense. Yep. See, I would have guessed one, and we'd have wasted a lot of air. So I'm happy with my pet. Yay. My so free agency is here for uh which used to be man this used to be so exciting like ooh, you know we're only a month away from uh, did the, it yeah no it, i remember <laughs> like the the kurt Schilling shilling deal with with boston happened in thanksgiving this oh, I, I remember this feeling of like oh november and december those are the two big months where these deals are going to happen how is my team going to shape up and now we just have no hope of anything that exciting occurring anytime with any anytime soon yeah i would say but when you first said i thought you meant like the the beginning of free agency which is oh, like no. the, <laughs> like the, the day after all says i'm like really like I, they used to be like i always thought this was weird like they've automated it now so we're like everyone who's eligible is like automatically a free agent at like uh 6 a.m pacific the day after the world series but like it used to be you had to file 
and like so like your agent would have to like yeah. back something Ge- into the Garrett office. Cole like, had some hat decisions. He 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 thought well well ahead of time, right? That night. Yeah. What? You wore Boris's hat, right? At the Oh right. Yeah. So he had and we'll we'll talk about him a little later in the podcast. Future uh, yeah. And so that was interesting. Um <laughs> but like yeah, so you're right. Like um it, like the internet was around in like the late nineties, but like it wasn't prevalent, you know, to where like we could always access it and we were constantly online. Uh, so my, my memories of like the hot stove <clears throat> was all, was like following from afar in that, you know, I wasn't like super plugged in on the day. I, I want to say a rod's deal with Texas was the first one where I remember like mm. reading eight hot takes on ESPN.com or sports. Yeah. Com, uh, about, and that's what really kind of kickstarted my interest in, in baseball. Was was I, that off season that sort of two thousand three and two thousand four off season, and you mentioned Steve Finley. That trade deadline was a really really big one for me. Um, I was a big fan of of Randy Johnson, and there was a lot of rumors he was going to go to the Dodgers. Never yeah. happened. But I remember ESPN editing the Dodgers hat on top of him. Got very yep. excited by that. So that really there launched was, my fandom. So I remember like I would go home, you know, for like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like watch Sports Center, and that would be like that's how you got your news like back then. And so it, I remember like the Bernie Bernie Williams like signing a long oh, deal yeah. with the Yankees like in the late nineties and stuff. <clears throat> and that was just how you're right. It was an exciting like time, and you're figuring out like what's going on. Um, but now like we're so plugged in, it's like we're just waiting for moves to happen, and then who knows where they're going to happen. But so from a procedural standpoint. Uh, the free agents are free agents like the day after the World Series. So for the Dodgers, there were four. David Freeze, who's already said he's retiring. Russell Martin, who hasn't officially said he's retiring, but there's been like speculation that he might. Um, and then the big one, obviously, is Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, the Dodgers cannot offer uh, him a qualifying offer this year because the new CBA says you, you can't uh, have multiple qualifying offers. So the Dodgers offered him that last year, and he accepted now he's a free agent without any like uh, draft pick compensation attached to him, so he's a more free agent than he would have been. Uh, <laughs> so that's good. And then like Rich Hill is the other one. Um, so th- that was like the initial sort of bump. Uh, I just wanted to mention like you know Russell Martin, if he retires, we don't know if he will. Uh, not only will he go down as the the best pitcher in Dodgers history, um, <laughs> but uh, he is twenty seventh all time in games caught. That's pretty good yeah. like 15 1579 games uh caught that's pretty crazy uh so that's impressive and then um all the like um option decisions like happen within five days after the world series some are written weird where like they're they have to be decided within three days or, or but like the rule is they have to all be within the first five days so one of the one for the dodgers was jed jerko uh who they uh, traded for the trade deadline, and he had a $13 million option, and no way in hell that was getting picked up. <laughs> so he got a $1 million buyout, so he's a free agent too. So um, the other, I guess the other pseudo option, Kenley Jansen had the ability to opt out of his deal. Um, he signed a five-year deal, $80 million, Also uh, in this no way in hell category. <laughs> right, and so, and it's weird because it, it's weird how perceptions can shift, right? Like, well, okay, I will, I will say this. I will give myself credit, and I I'm sure we probably talked about it at the time too. Um, uh, so he, Kenley Jansen signed for five years, 80 million three years ago. 
Uh, Aroldis Chapman signed for five years, $86 million with the Yankees. Um, both had an opt-out after the end of this year. Um, and then at the time, it was notable in that um, Aroldis Chapman's deal was more front-loaded in that in those final two years, there was only, uh, only in, in quotation marks, $30 million left, whereas Jansen was uh, back-loaded. So of his $80 million deal, he only got just over half in the first three years, $42 million. He gets thirty-eight million the next two years, so like that—that's a big difference in opting out of thirty million or thirty-eight million, especially given like the how the reliever market has cratered, how Jansen's like reputation and performance have like relatively cratered. I, I don't think he would get thirty-eight million dollars on a three-year deal right now. So yeah. like, so like that's a, that was an obvious no-brainer that he's so he's he's in under his current contract. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, by the way, did. Uh, he ended up not opting out, but he used that like sort of like Clayton Kershaw did last year. Used it as leverage. Added a one year, uh, one year and eighteen million on his deal. So he's at three forty eight instead of two thirty. So that was sort of the um, thing. So the reason why we we keep talking about like, well, it's going to be another long off season. Um, so the qualifying offer. This is sort of one indicator. Um, is this year it's seventeen point eight million. It, um, there were ten, excuse me, ten free agents that received the qualifying offer, uh, and this is significant because it was last year it was seventeen point nine million, and it's gone up every single year except now. So the reason that's important is because the qualifying offer is the average of the top one hundred twenty-five salaries of the year before. So, like of all the two thousand nineteen salaries for that year, the average has actually gone down in a sport that has record revenues, like revenues that keep going up year over year. And the average, the, the top 125 salaries are going down. And last I checked, um, the money isn't getting funneled to like the middle tier and lower tier players. So like, where the hell is that going? Um, so that's, that's a problem for, for like, um, in terms of like a market indicator. Uh, we talked about Ryu not being eligible. Um, yeah, and so that that's kind of it in terms of like free agency. Uh, um, so like, yeah, so that, that's yeah. sort of where the Dodgers sort of procedural at. and sets 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 the table for how the Dodgers are going to attack this market and maybe not attack, but uh, evaluate their current roster. And we're going to look into that after this. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. 
You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Before we look at what the Dodgers are going to be looking to add to their team, maybe be a free agency, maybe be a trade, we should look at kind of what they have. And they have, since uh, since they got knocked out of the playoffs, a new player on the 40-man roster. Man, like, like look, the Dodgers just keep adding this offseason. It's going to be a huge, <laughs> huge offseason of additions. And, look, they've already started. Uh, Victor Gonzalez, uh, left-handed pitcher, uh, they added him to the 40-man. So the usual sort of way this works in, in that, like, so he was a prospect. He signed out of Mexico in 2012 um, at age 16. He's uh, 23 now. He turns 24 uh, in a couple weeks. Um Usually teams like set their roster to protect guys from the rule five draft uh, on November 20th. They'll add guys. So like last year they added what uh, K. Bear Ruiz, um, Matt Beatty and Edwin Rios, I believe and Josh Bores too. So um, th- this year they're going to probably add a few more, but, and, and um, Gonzalez was one of those guys who needed to be added, but they also need to be added sooner because he would have been a, seven-year minor league free agent um basically it's not i don't remember if exact if it's exactly the same time as major league free agency uh, but it's sometime after like the season ends so they had to add him or he would have left as a free agent and they thought enough of him to where he could actually be like relatively useful um he so he had a shoulder injury and he missed like all of 2017 and like the first half of 2018 he didn't. He's never pitched. He never pitched above Great Lakes before uh, this year. This year he pitched at three levels: Rancho, Tulsa, OKC. He put up a total two thirty one ERA in about ninety innings, ninety three strikeouts, thirty two walks. He was, you know, he got like his ERA got progressively worse. Like he he had a three eighty six ERA in, in Oklahoma City, only fourteen innings. But his like major league role, I think it's going to be uh, the guy to get lefties out now. The new rules aren't official yet, but like the the talk is that like there's going to be a three batter minimum for pitchers, and like but that could also you could you could bring in a new pitcher at the beginning of an inning, I believe, under that rule. So like there's still a spot for guys who can get lefties out, right? Even if it's like a specialist role. So last year, uh, lefties hit uh, they were 15 for 99 against them, 152, 215 on base, 212 slugging, uh, and a 29 percent strikeout rate. Righties actually fine like 275 343 379 22 strikeout rate so like not the worst he wasn't getting like raked by righties but like uh, really good against lefties and that's sort of what they want so and the current like the way the current roster is constructed obviously the lot could change but like they basically have like adam Kalarik, scott alexander caleb ferguson as lefties we don't know what like Julio Urias's role is going to be, but like that's another potential lefty. But that's it, really. Um, so adding another guy sort of helps him there. So and again, would have been a free agent. He could be useful, possibly. Uh, you know, you use a lot, a lot of guys over the course of the season, so that's why they added him, basically. So with Victor Gonzalez added, what does the Dodgers forty man look like? Or do you, do you, do you want to talk about the twenty five man? You want to talk about who we actually, the, who the Dodgers are actually committing serious money to first? No, uh, let's okay. go to this. So the forty man right now, 
at, it's at exactly 40, but that includes Yadier Alvarez and Andrew Tolles, uh, both of whom, like, ended the year on uh, Andrew Tolles started the year on the restricted list. So I th- I'm not sure what the procedure is on that, to be honest. I forgot. Um, I don't think they could be on the restricted list, like, during the offseason. Maybe they can, but uh, not totally sure on that. But for now, it's it's 40 with those two. So it could be 38. Who knows? But um, the the interesting ones to me on the forty man are ones who are out of options, like the sort of fungible guys. Like um, one, Austin Barnes is out of options, but also he's like sort of penciled in as I would say the backup catcher unless they make other moves. So like they're not they're not going to like just straight cut him. I think like this, you know, at least until like probably a spring training move unless they trade him or something. Mm-hmm. But like. The guys who are like on the bubble and like in terms of like if they had to make room, you have like Christopher Negron, uh, Tyler White, um, Casey Sadler, Yimmy Garcia, uh, and JT Chaguas. So, like, I think especially like with the, the relievers, you, I think Sadler's a guy you could try to sneak through waivers. The other two probably as well. But like, you know, you, you never know. Like, they might want to. Uh, bring those guys to at least to spring training, get them to try to win a job or something. But yeah, those are sort of the guys who are like, if they have to make room, they could do it. Um, but yeah, so then now we could sort of talk about, I guess, um, I guess. what, yeah, what, like what, what they really have for like 2020. You are the that, man that many people know for maintaining this monster spreadsheet about the Dodgers' oh, salary commitments. So, so like from an official standpoint, I'm, I'm no longer going to do that. Like, uh, I have. Why you I have. Me? <laughs> I'm already sad well, enough about the Dodgers season. Be, well, one like during the season, like there's so much minutia, and like at a certain point, it doesn't really matter. Like it matters like, to it, me, Eric. It kind of does, but like, but like the 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 level of like work required for like the smallest of things, the increments, it, it, whatever. I'm not gonna do it. So, but plus, I don't run the I don't run Triple L anymore. It's out of my hands. Uh, but I, this was a, this I, was just. I just thought that made. would be a labor love you continued forever and ever and ever. I, if for I no other this, reason than make me happy. I have a Google Doc that has an unofficial tracking, oh. but but, <laughs> I, but I but I don't. I'm not. I'm no longer going to um, ma- maintain the the payroll worksheet on the site. There might be in some form uh, going forward a different payroll worksheet, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the one maintaining it. Whatever. Yeah, but uh, that said, I, I have a good idea where we're at now. Oh, okay. All right, so t- <laughs> yeah. lay it out for me. Where, where are the Dodgers' uh, salary obligations right now? Okay, so current roster. Uh, there's actually six players under contract. For... How, how good would this team be, just these six players? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, actually, oh, man. I So, okay, they'd be offensively challenged. Like. <laughs> You could get, you could you could get through a game. You could, if it's like a best of three series, you could sneak. You could probably sneak away with like um, with winning two games. What just if they allow the like ghost runners and and Justin Turner can just oh, hit a few more times? There, there's no question. <laughs> the, the ghost runners have to happen. But like, um, so it's it's Justin Turner and AJ Pollock. Those are the two offensive players. And, <laughs> nice. Well, and like Kenley Jansen has like a pretty good Catcher. career on base percentage. So. Um, Kershaw, Maeda, Jansen, and Joe Kelly. So you have two the two 
the two main Dodger uh, closing weapons in uh, Joe <laughs> Kelly and Kenley Jansen. Uh, if we want to relive NLDS Game Five, um, just yeah, imagine. Yeah, Joe Kelly is the main one, apparently. But, like, you basically have like the Dodger bullpen from NLDS Game Five is their pitching staff that they have <laughs> under contract. Clayton Kershaw starting the eighth inning, Kenta Maeda relieving him, <laughs> Joe Kelly, the Kelly did the four pitchers they use after the seventh inning, and um, yeah, so there it is. That's who they have under contract. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Okay, and then AJ Pollock, who I think last got hit in July, I forget. Um, <laughs> um, and then Justin Turner, uh, yeah, good, good baseball player, <laughs> exactly. But as um, we so know, yeah, in so, baseball, it's not just who you have under contract. You also have plenty of um, arbitration eligible players. Do the Dodgers not have any? They have pre-arb players, don't they? Are we not counting? Them? Well, I mean, from a functional standpoint, like not re- they're all just going to be minimum. So we don't exactly, I think, know what the minimum is going to be next year. It's it's it was five hundred fifty-five thousand. It's going to be that plus some sort of cost of living. So probably like five hundred and sixty something thousand this year. From a from a baseball standpoint, that's like nothing in terms of like like they're all going to be roughly the same. Okay. So like you could just like, but they have a ton of those. Like you know, Will Smith. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, to name one, <laughs> Kevin Lux. Uh, <laughs> um, it's funny. Like all of a sudden, I, I clam up. Like uh, I don't know who they have. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So okay, so those six guys, they're making base salary ninety one and a half million this year from a CBT standpoint. Excuse me, um, CBT standpoint, like I include, there's always an estimate uh, in there included for minor league players who are on the 40 man. It usually comes out to between like two and three million for the entire season. So I just throw that in there. Okay. Then then there's also like um, every team has a, they have the exact same, like uh, it's like goes to the uh, player benefits, uh, like pension fund and things like that. It usually comes out to about 15 million. So I have that in there too. So counting those two like uh, add-ons, uh, those six players are a hundred. Put the Dodgers at one hundred and four million for the CBT, and the the threshold this year is two hundred eight. So they those six players get them halfway there. Okay. So the 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 players like the things that don't count: Yasiel Sierra, Yasiel Sierra, who has been like injured and and like not effective. Uh, he's still under contract for two more years. Uh, five and a half million uh, is his his uh, salary this year, and then Scott Casimir still has eight million dollars deferred from an old uh, deal. Those do not count against the CBT. In Casimir's case, it was for a salary earned in the previous year, and that year already captured his amount. So that's why it doesn't count for uh, Sierra's purposes. He's not on the forty man, so uh, does not count. Um, However, so where it gets, starts to get like more expensive is that uh, in a it's an unusually high number I think this year, especially for the Dodgers, they have 12, 12 yeah, players. Yeah, no, th- that's uh, why I, I was yeah. I, clarifying is you had listed twelve, and I just assumed that included pre-arb players too, and then I realized no, it doesn't. That's, yeah, that's remarkable. So I I was wondering about this because um, a couple weeks ago I think uh, MLB Trade Rumors released their uh projections for salaries for salary arb guys and they had julio urias on there and the 20 game suspension um for him like threw a wrench into that like so i'll say he started the year at one year and 123 days of service time usually like the super two number 
is like around 120, maybe a little bit higher, uh, two years and 120 days. So like this year, uh, it had Urias just had a whole year. He would have been at two years, 123. But then the thing is now with, you can only accrue uh, 172 days to make a full year. Uh, you like there's 186 days in a season. So there's plenty of opportunity to like make up for lost time. Like if you were optioned or whatever, but any days you accrue like over the 172 don't count and you, you can't accrue more than that. Mm-hmm. But in Urias's case, so uh, he's, he was on the roster the whole year. I mean, except for the times he was suspended. Um, so for a full year, that would be 186 days. But then if you take off the 20, that he was suspended, that's 166, which is six shy of 172. So he ended the year at two two years, 117 days. And then uh, I think Adam McKelvey was the first to report this, MLB.com Brewers reporter. Um, the Super 2 number this year is the lowest it's ever been, two years, 115. So, like, um, that may have meant Urias qualified for a year of arbitration this year. And he'll eventually, if he goes through the normal process, get four years of arbitration instead of three. So it just starts the, uh, the the salary escalation slightly, you know, a little bit in his favor. So the other super two is is Cody Bellinger. He's going to be the biggest earner in this. Uh, the, the he has just shy of three years. He's at two years, one hundred and sixty days. So just going down the list, like Cody Bellinger, like. Um, MLB trade rumors had him earning, has him earning eleven point six million. I believe Chris Bryant set the Super Two record a couple years ago at ten point eight five. So they have him sort of breaking that. And it makes sense. Bellinger had a great year. He's had like two great years out of three. Um, so you get why and that other that, year was pretty dang good too. So right, it was serviceable. like right, ex- acceptable, like completely, completely normal. Um, and then so. The biggest ones on here, like uh, Jock Peterson, eight and a half. Like he, he, you forget, like he had a lot of home runs. Like I know it was the year of the home run, but like he was a, he had a good year. Uh, Corey Seager, who maybe some of us thought might be setting records at this point, like instead of being, uh, you know, having the injury really cost him, I think, a lot. Mm-hmm. So his, his projection is 7.1 million. Uh, Kike at five and a half, Taylor at five, Muncie at 4.6. Pedro Baez is the highest reliever at 3.3 stripling. 2.3, which seems low to me. Like, he he pitches a, a lot of innings. Yeah, he's a horse. And, and, right, and, so, and, and like multiple roles. So I don't know what that is. Uh, they have Urias at 1.7 million. Austin Barnes, 1.3. Yemi, 1.1. Just as a note, like, they, I think they've negotiated Yemi's deal. Like, he wasn't ARB eligible before, but um, or maybe he was. Last year, yeah. They they use some of these guys they'll negotiate with early and or cut them like so you know if they don't so like Yimmy's a guy who I could see where they like work out a deal early and it's like and then if they have to dump him they dump him but like uh, Scott Alexander one million so that's twelve guys if you add up all twelve it's fifty three million so if you add that into the previous number the CBT number would be one fifty seven now if you look at like there's the two players who are like who have like bonuses that were like sure to add. Kenta Maeda obviously is the first one. Uh, last year he earned five point four million. He's averaged, um, you know, 
a little between four and five uh, over his last three years. Um, and those are the three years where he like shifted to the bullpen late. So like, if you just sort of pencil in like 5 million for him and then maybe 3 million for Kershaw that uh, he has a million dollars for 24, 26, 28 and 30 starts. So just being, you know, adding those in, you're basically at 165 million. So they, if they're using the CBT as a de facto like salary cap, they have like, even if they didn't like trade anybody away, if they kept all the ARB guys and look, and I, I did forget like, so if we're at 18 players, let's say, so if you, I didn't even add this in, but if you fill the, the roster, the other seven spots, let's say, you know, it, it, those that'll add up to roughly 4 million. So we're at like 169 million. So they have basically like 39 million to play with in terms of like, uh, and that's without any other moves. And so, they could obviously trade guys away to create more room and or, you know, get creative in other ways. So that's that's so so where that's sort of, I think, where they're at um, uh, at the point. And obviously that that changes with all sorts of moves we can talk about. And it, but yeah, yeah, I think it, that, that's it where changes it is. with moves and it, those moves are you know dictated by what the Dodgers need. And I have a uh, I have a game you and I are going to play. To, to fill in one of those needs uh, that you and I agree is the Dodgers' biggest need to at least figure out, and we'll do that after this break. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Guess what, Eric? Mm. I have a surprise question from Craig. Whoa. No ditty yet. We have more questions afterwards. But we, uh, you and I talked uh, before we started recording Starting pitching is a really interesting question mark for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So uh, Craig asks us to name the top six 2020 Dodger pitchers by innings pitched. And he wants us to do a little mini draft. And because he likes me better, I get to go first. Yep. So I will say Walker Bueller. All right. You get the Man. next two. You get a snake. So Okay. So this is where it gets interesting yeah, because have, uh, I'm trying to think. I, think. I feel like the next name is pretty pretty easy. Well, except that you. Well, if you you could have went like rogue oh. and and predicted they make a move. I I could so have. like and like and lock that in as your first pick and because what? if if the if the guy we're thinking about like is the guy they go for, he's clearly going to be their number one guy in innings. You know, if, all, all things considered, if he's healthy, I will. But, I am um, going to go. I'll go on record here. I do not think the Dodgers are going to aggressively pursue to the point of signing Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm. I'm with you on that. You same, meant Rich Hill, though, right? Say what? <laughs> you meant Rich Hill. That's who you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no question. <laughs> uh, and so, and also, Steven Strasburg opted out, and so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I don't see them like signing either one of those. Uh, they'll be rumored and all this. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I will stay, I will go just plain vanilla. 
and be just a sticking in house and be super boring. And I will say uh, Kershaw and Kenta Maeda. And then I will say <laughs> give up and throw the table. How about this? How about this? Hyunjin Ryu. Nice. So you you predicted the first move uh, of the of the podcast. And Dodgers will resign Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, I believe. Uh, it will be trade rumors. Do so they have? They put out their projection, projection, ugh, predictions for the free agency, and like, look, these are stabs in the dark. They're, I think they were like between like ten and twenty percent last year accuracy. So, but I think they had his contract at like three forty eight or something like that. That just strikes uh, me as such a Dodger front office contract. You know, I have three to, to four years, kind of a lot of money, but not a ton of money. It just like that's that seems who this front like what they want to do and it'll be interesting like i i don't know do you have any do you have any sort of finger on the pulse here is this a front office that is ever going to make another sort of blockbuster free agent signing on a player that isn't isn't currently on the team because they're clearly willing to extend their own but they they've really tried to keep things either in house or done via the trade man so before before I answer that, I uh-huh. I clicked on last year's uh, free agent projections and projections, and they had Ryu going for three and thirty three million, and I was like, oh my god, that's so low. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, I, I'm on the wrong thing. So no, I, I apologize. They had they have Ryu going to the Rangers this year at three years, fifty four million. Yeah, that's that still... number seems more in line of from where like his performance. Yeah, and the, it uh, still seems very to me like I I had three years a number that started with a four or five and that still seems very sort of in the alley of not over specifically not over committing in term that seems to be the biggest thing this front office loves to avoid and i think that's i think that's going to be necessarily uh a necessary component of a garrett cole deal and probably uh um strasburg maybe strasburg signs for only five but even five years this front office seems kind of unwilling to kind of commit major money to that lawn of a term. So like Strasburg, uh, he opted out of 400. So, you know, he's going to look for like probably 30 million a year and like at least five years. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and plus he had a great postseason. He actually led the national league in innings this year. Like if you would have pulled that, like asked me, that, I don't, I don't think I would have, it would have taken me a while to guess that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did not think that was the case, but yeah. So like, that yeah, so I agree with you, and that's why the off seasons are generally boring. It's like, oh, you know, what are the Dodgers really going to do? <laughs> well, let's talk and about like, that. What do you think the Dodgers are really going to do? My my thought is you've got uh, Clayton and Bueller, very easy. Maybe they don't end up being one in two, depending on what they do. But for now, we'll say, in terms of predictability, they're the first two off the board very very easily. And then I think you're going to find. Uh, I think what's really interesting to me, and I've did a lot of thinking about this kind of <laughs> during the uh, the rest of the playoffs, frank, quite frankly, is how many rookies or almost rookies, if we count Urias, are they willing to put in this go into the season saying that's our three, four, and five? Right. So of those of the guys, like Urias has the most ability, or like I think is the has the best chance of being like the guy they they quote unquote give a runway to, like they talk about, you know, um, in terms of like. T- just taking over a rotation spot. Um, but it's like one of those only, things are, Do you think they only have one of those? Mm, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't... Like, so... 
Well, I don't want to give away my because I still have another pick. Like you have two. You, you oh, have two fair. Picks. That's fair. You, you, you should pick yours. So uh, I, uh, Urias it, was it, my next one. So okay, I was just saying it will inform my my pick. So you have, you have two picks. So Urias and well, who else? I said Ryu. You did. I did. Um, okay. <laughs> so this is the. Hmm. I think okay, they're going to so, go after a three to maybe four, but preferably three-year pitcher they can get for a three-year term. And I think not only because of comfort and fit and familiarity, but just because he's probably the best pitcher that fits that mold, it's going to be Hunjin Ryu, and that's going to fill that spot. It makes – you make good points. Uh, Zach Wheeler is like the the third-rated um, – uh, pitcher on this list for free agency and um uh so that that's interesting they have him signing a five-year deal uh for 100 million with phillies that seems like a little pricey but like whatever it might work madison mumgarner's next and then it gets ryu would be the next one after that um okay so b- before we before we get to that like I'll, my last pick um i will say ross stripper Okay. Just because he's going to figure out a way to get a hundred innings somehow, um, yeah. and so, like, yeah. So I think I my what I was thinking of picking there since you picked Ryu, I was going to go with Rich Hill. But then yep. thought was they bring him back for a one year deal and then just get what they get out of him. But then at the same time, I was thinking even if they bring him back, he could like go through stretches where he's not healthy again. And so, are you really getting a hundred innings out of Rich Hill? At this point, it's going to be a one-year deal, whatever they do, if he comes back. So, like, that's why I didn't pick him. So that's why I was stripling. It's a very boring draft, uh, from my, <laughs> my standpoint. And uh, I, think, I, I mentioned this before, but I think it'll be interesting. Let's say let's some some team goes for five years for Hunjin Ryu. I don't see that happening. But let's say, let's say that happens, and the Dodgers say, no thanks. It'll be yeah. at that point. Do they do they try to bargain hunt on a free agent again? Do they make a deal, or they just say Urias and May, you're our four and five, go at it. If things go to hell, we have to make a trade or just plug Stripling in. It, it feels like that's not a way to win a championship uh, right. for a fran- for a fan base that desperately desperately wants one. Um, but may- who knows? Maybe it, it'll be a thing they do. And I don't know. Do they want Dustin May in AAA all year? Right. And the other thing is like. It depends what they do on offense. Like, sure. what if what if their their big move is like upgrading the offense, and you you go with the volume of pitchers and not necessarily a, a really strong third pitcher? Um, it's it's a rough call, and you just figure out what you you do during the season. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but maybe that's a thought. Um, so, like the other, they're going to be linked to all the big names, right? Like. They're going to be linked. Like, like this is the most they've sort of had to play with, in terms of like when uh, when they actually had a budget. Like, yeah. you know, in these few years, so like they could actually do something. Like, if they wanted to, they could legitimately like just add Garrett Cole. They could just sign Garrett Cole and and afford him because every team. Well, first of all, every team can afford him. Uh, <laughs> if your team says they can't afford him, they're lying. Uh, but like. From a practical standpoint, like even from a baseball, like fuddy duddy, like oh man, we we need more public money standpoint. Like the Dodgers can afford Garrett Cole, so like whether they do it, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But like the money's there; they actually have flexibility to do something. They're going to be linked to Rendon. I think Rendon 
is more likely to just resign with the Nationals. It seems like they're they're pretty aggressive. Uh, however, some of the r- rumored deals, I guess, you know, I think a lot of the numbers that have been out there, like seven years, two ten, which is basically what they gave Scherzer. But also, I think a lot of it's going to be deferred, so it's probably more like seven one eighty five or one ninety, depending on the deferrals. Um, so like maybe that's where the Dodgers swoop in with like a some weird deal where it's like four years 160 that was something like, i was going to say that these kind of yeah. like hyper aggressive two three year deals at a really really high aav have yeah. been leaked to the press so aggressively the last two years with the dodgers but I, they've never actually gotten one they've just oh right. if you wanted to do this you could do this and you know prove yourself deal and go back and get another long-term deal afterwards it'll be interesting to see if that ever actually happens right and i, I think that's where you sort of play with your flexibility a little bit if that's their goal. But also, like, so the the two big names, right, that they've been sort of linked to, whether, whether it's, like, wish posting or actual, like, concrete rumors are Rendon and Francisco Lindor. Both involve, like, other moves that absolutely have to be made. So, like, um, okay, so if they get Rendon, right, Last last I checked, one of the guys they have under contract, one of the best hitters, like in baseball the last decade, the leader, uh, the the man who has yeah. a name a day named after him by the city, right? A guy, a, a guy who, by the way, hasn't disappeared in the playoffs when he's healthy. <laughs> so like like guy you actually want, um, so like that would require like Justin Turner, um, who who is in the final year of his contract, uh, having to move positions. I would I would imagine probably he'd play first in this scenario, and then it it means Max Muncie is is basically your second baseman, um, unless you're well. I guess yeah, and so that that means a, either a you're trading um, you're trading Seager for like pitching or I bought Lux, a core Seager jersey uh, yeah. on the White House homestand, so or like maybe I, I did the curse. Or like Lux is moving to left field, and you include like look, they also have Alex Verdugo like coming back. Like presuming like he's going to be healthy. Do you is this this is this the year they finally um, with all like Jock is always rumored in trades. He actually had a really really good year. Do they strike while the iron's hot and and use him in a trade like somehow? Not uh, whether as a main piece or as a a, a very high end like throw in. Uh, there's also like uh, oh so let's get to the Lindor thing for a second. Um, the Lindor's only like a rumor because the Indians are weird in that like they're they've been like so they had the you know they won the division what three years in a row and then they're like last year they're like well there was all these rumors like they're gonna dump at least one of their pitchers and they they didn't really do much offensively they they traded away Yandy Diaz who ended up being really useful for the Rays and like they ended up uh, not making the playoffs uh, and uh, losing out even on a wild card spot. So like, I I wonder if they just think like our roster is really good. We're not going to probably sign Lindor. So get what we can get. So any sort of Lindor deal, it's going to obviously include prospects, but then also like, what do you, you probably have to deal Seager in that move and then like headline it with other prospects too. So that's a weird deal. You, you'd obviously upgrade. I think you, you're upgrading probably both ways with Lindor. He's definitely better defensively. Are we going to see the Corey Seager of old again offensively? I don't know. Like still a doubles machine, but not the, not as all around of a player. 
as Lindor. So that's a thing. He's also a switch hitter. Um, so that provides a little more flexibility. The other option, and I don't even know what the deal with this is, is the Red Sox, who are like seem hell-bent on getting under the cap. They had the highest payroll this year. They had the highest payroll last year. They had the highest payroll this year. I think uh, right around about 239, 239 million both times. Um, so like they were all, they were in like the double penalty where you not only pay the tax, but also uh, you drop 10 spots in the draft, your first pick. So, um, you know, their new ownership group is like, uh, you know, we, it's not a guideline or it's not a mandate. It's a guideline, you know, which, which means, Oh my God, we have to get under this. And so the weird thing is, and like, so it puts him in this weird spot of like, like JD Martinez, like opted back into his contract. Um, he had three years, 62 and a half million left. And like, it's one of those things. Do you think like, like they almost, I wrote about this on SB nation today. I think it's one of those where they won't come out and say it, but like, I wonder if they they would have been better off if he opted out from their standpoint. Like it's it's obviously good from a baseball standpoint to get one of the better hitters like in the American League back, and it makes your team better. But they're like, oh man. So now it's like uh, Mookie Betts is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, do they try to get a huge haul for him? But then like, man, you you bring in a new like um, general manager or I guess chief baseball officer, Heim Bloom from the Rays. Like, hey, congratulations! Your first order of business is to be the most hated guy in Boston by <laughs> trading away Mookie Betts. Now, like, I think the more practical thing is they they might try to trade uh, JD Martinez, but I think that's going to be tough too because the market for him um, is essentially AL. Look, NL teams could definitely use him and put him in the outfield if they had to, um, but like, there's a lot of teams that aren't trying, and like, the, the, I think there's just very few teams that need a DH. And I think that's probably why he didn't opt out because his his free agent market was going to be impacted like that. So who who's really going to trade for him? So I think that's where they're in this spot where if they really are stuck of we have to get under the cap, the big the one big way they do it is is by getting rid of Mookie Betts or some weird deal where they uh, Ken Rosenthal even suggested that they like try to dump David Price um, or Nathan Evaldi and include like Andrew Benintendi that sweeten the deal. Like it's like. That's crazy talk to me. Like so, but if so, if you if you want to swoop in and like do a move like that to like you know take advantage of your you know financial flexibility or whatever, or maybe the but the Dodgers are in the same boat, although they're in a better position relative to the CBT. So it's weird. Um, it, this this offseason is going to be very odd. Um, so there's I think there's those type of opportunities out there, but those are like the big names. But they all for the Dodgers like they all re- require like making other moves, right? Like they could they could just slot like Mookie Betts in and then figure they could trade Jock or something for pitching and that would be relatively seamless. But like the other ones, you're either moving Turner, trading Seeger, uh, possibly trading Lux or both or whatever, moving Lux to the outfield maybe. <laughs> and like, so this is a weird, uh, it's a weird like combo. But like, this is where the flexibility sort of comes into play. We, like they still have Chris Taylor and Kike to where if they don't do any moves, like one of those could play second if Lux doesn't play second, or those are the two like right-handed outfield compliments to uh, Peterson or Verdugo uh, with presumably Pollock is still going to be in left, at least for a majority of the time. Um, so it's a very, 
I, I really just I can't say I know what the Dodgers can do. But that said, with the flexibility, I think they are going to like swing big this year, yeah. whether that means signing a free agent or making one of these like big trades. So I have a question for you before yes. we move on to some some key dates. Yeah, will Alex Verdugo, Gavin Lux, and Corey Seager all be on the Dodgers forty man roster on opening day? Uh, say the two the names again: Will Smith, Verdugo, no, 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 and Lux. No, not, I, I can't imagine Will Smith being traded. Maybe who knows? Oh, Gavin, okay. uh, Gavin Lux, mm-hmm. Corey Seager, mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo. Um, no. Okay, you heard it here first. Breaking yeah. news. Yeah, <laughs> you know everything. <laughs> Key sources. Yeah, <laughs> unnamed getting... sources. Yep. Uh, I would say before we get into the key dates, I, I have a little game for you. Okay. So uh, I'm not counting Victor Gonzalez, adding Victor Gonzalez <laughs> to the 40-man. I am. Um, because that's like an internal move, and it's more of the Rule 5 move. And I'm not, I didn't include those in previous years. But oh, okay. I want to say – I want to have a game. We could both talk about how many transactions the Dodgers are going to have involving the 40-man between now and the start of spring training. So – my question to you, the last two off seasons, mm-hmm. uh, so it's two answers. How many total trade or how many total moves, moves. did the Dodgers do? Uh, so it's a different number for each year. So last year first, how many do you think? Are we going to play clock game? What? You, you have to say higher or lower. Oh, all right, yeah. Okay, clock fine. Clock game. Okay. 16. That's card sharks, by the way. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's clock game from Price is Right. Come on, man. You, no, you were uh, sick. Anyway. You watched. You watched Price is Right. Okay, so Six. This Card is for. Is so this is for last year. Sixteen. Lower. Twelve. Lower. Five. Higher. Eight. Right on the money. Okay. Oh, look at that. So, and I even sort of cheated a little because I included Ryu accepting the qualifying offer. Yeah, that's although cheating. that that's a that's that's it's not really cheating. Seven. But anyway, um, so it's eight. Um, so <laughs> I think the, the year before, uh, how many do you think it was? Sixteen. No, it was no twelve. Lower eight. Four. Higher. Oh, it's higher than higher higher, higher than eight, eight, nine. Yeah, it's nine. See, and so and see, I cheated a little bit because I really really liked clock game as a kid. So the 2017-18 uh, off season, the first two moves were trading Josh Raven to Atlanta and losing Grant Dayton on waivers to Atlanta. <laughs> What See, a, and, what a and that's why like, I, I say was. start with 16 because I'm like, man, there's probably so many of those moves that I just forget. Here, I, w- I want to just read to you. Okay, so the big move was the Matt Kemp trade. Uh, sure. The first Matt Kemp trade. Each <laughs> each of these offseasons had a Matt Kemp trade. This was where they reacquired him. Um, but yeah, so the other moves, Raven, Grant Dayton, signing Tom Kohler, uh, claiming Henry Owens on waivers. <laughs> Dodger legend. Trading for Dylan Baker. <laughs> uh, getting Scott Alexander in a three-way trade. Okay. Uh, signing Chase Utley. That's, man, he's still, still around. And then this one I included, even though it technically happened, I think it happened before spring training games, but it was JT Chirgois waiver claim. Uh, but So last year, though, so after Ryu, the, the, next, the next two moves were earth-shattering. They traded Tim LaCastro to the Yankees. Um, he ended up on the D-backs. Um, they traded for Adam McCreary, legend. Uh, the the Matt Kemp trade, again. Oh, wow. <laughs> the the, the, the Matt, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
signing Joe Kelly, which will obviously go down in lower. Great move in Dodger history. Um, trading for Jamie Schultz. Trading for Russell Martin. That was the, yeah. oh, the surprise comeback. And then signing AJ Pollock. Yeah. So what a, they just, it hasn't been exciting in no. these last two matches. <laughs> so that, that's why we're just hoping for anything it's to happen. Bad. Like, yeah, exactly. All right, we got to take it. One, this is a long one. It's going to be a, a yeah. maybe a record episode. Yeah, that's what uh, she said. Yeah. Another break. Go over some key offseason and dates. You have a Dodgers rewind. I have four more questions from Craig all after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, I know you have a Dodgers rewind for us, but I want to make sure at the very end of this hour plus long episode uh, that our, our listeners have key dates. Uh, for the uh, this this should have been our teaser the whole time. Yeah, like the, that should be the title. Is that the <laughs> key dates? <laughs> um, okay, so the off season. Eh. Look, I I don't even know why I'm including this first one, but the GM meetings are next week in Scottsdale. This is, no so way. this happens every like you either bring it up or I see it get tweeted and like I always do that thing where like ooh winter meetings. <laughs> it's early this it's, year. And I go oh right, this is the yeah, completely. It's, it's not. It's like, total procedural stuff, but people still cover it. Like yeah, now and then, because, like an interesting rule change sometimes gets brought up. Like yeah, that's like that's well, hard, it. Hardly ever any deals. Teams are still sort of working out their things. Some teams are still hiring front office people. Like so, it's like a hey, weird. Part actually, of the I want to ask you about that. I, I, a year ago, uh, you know, a little less than a year ago, when um, for anxiety went to the Giants, I asked you, "Well, can the Dodgers just proceed without a GM?" And you said, "No." No, no, no. They they're gonna they're gonna hire a new one. That never happened, Eric. Is right. that ever and, gonna happen? And, and it doesn't. I, I don't think they're gonna sign. Okay. They're, they're not gonna have a GM this year either. Okay. So it's it's basically Friedman running the show, and they like they have like other other like lieutenants. And sure, stuff in sure. There. It just um, yeah. I guess when we talked about it the first time, it, it the it and seemed the, like it wasn't just you. It seemed yeah, yeah. It seemed like they wanted to have one more sort of figurehead voice in the room, and I guess they don't need it. Right. So GM meeting, super fun. The so for next week, and I'm I'm sure this is probably what we're gonna end up talking about on uh, our next podcast is award season. Uh, so the it already sort of started with the gold gloves. They already announced the baseball writer association finalists. And it's finalist is a weird word because there's no new vote. It's just the top three finishers for each award. Um, so on November thirteenth, um, the Cy Young Awards are announced. Hyunjin Ryu is one of the top three in the NL, along with uh, Jacob DeGrom, who's probably going to win, and Max Scherzer. Um, so we'll, we'll find out then. November 14th, the more likely uh, or uh, possibility for a Dodger to win is the MVP award. Uh, Cody Bellinger is a finalist. Uh, I will talk more because it would be uh, pretty historic. Historically, is not historic is not the right word. Rare. For a position player to win the MVP as a Dodger, we'll talk more about that if he wins. Um, yeah, but then the other big date we talked about with Victor Gonzalez, November twentieth, deadline to set rosters for the Rule Five draft. This is when they add um, 
you know, players who would need to be protected uh, uh, from the Rule 5 draft, so they add some of the prospects on there. Um, this was like Gavin Lux, um, uh, Will Smith would have been added this offseason had they not like joined the Dodgers during the season. Uh, then the big one is December 9th through the 12th. Winter meetings are in San Diego this year. I don't think I'm going. Um, even though it's close, uh, honestly, like there's not a ton going on. Like I might go, I haven't really, I just more, it's more like logistical thing. Like I haven't like figured out what I'm going to do like for, uh, for SB Nation. What if there. I bought you Hodads, yeah. one meal at Hodads on the house? Well, yeah, if I, okay. I mean, obviously okay. the rule five draft is during the winter meetings. It's on the last day. So, I mean, I like it from a fun quirky thing, but it doesn't really matter. Like from a, like it doesn't it doesn't who cares? Um, so the other thing is January tenth. That's the arbitration exchange date. So the Dodgers have twelve guys. Uh, so by by then they they will either have a deal uh, or go to a trial. That's how the Dodgers did, operate. But did their they, streak get broken? No, they didn't. Haven't gone to a, a trial yet in like forever, right? Yeah, since I think Show Bimal. Was the last one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's kind of it. So uh, it's officially off season. I did a little baseball decompress for a week. I was off for about five days after the World Series. Uh, so I'm ready now. <laughs> Hallmark Christmas movies are on. Uh, bas- college basketball started. Uh, NBA started. Lakers looking good. Um, and and football exists. So yeah. You know we don't have an off season on is Dodgers rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that our, we we skip Dodger rewind a lot during the season, but I think during the off season we're gonna hit more. We're of gonna these. need, to, especially if it's as slow as last year. Oh my god, we, we we need to fill time. December folks. and okay, January yeah. was rough. Was like, what the hell are we gonna talk yeah. about? <laughs> so this one, uh, the it, it sucks. Why we're doing this one? <laughs> it's because he passed away. Uh, Ron Fairley, he died on October 30th. Uh, he actually lived out in uh, Palm Desert, I believe. Um, so he, w- he was local. Um, he went to Jordan High in Long Beach, went to USC. Uh, the, this was pre-draft. Um, so the Dodgers like uh, signed him in the 50s. He debuted uh, in 1958, their first year in L.A. So he's like L.A. through and through in terms of like uh, – you know, his um, sort of uh, baseball career. Um, he played 12 years. Uh, the first Dodgers' first 12 years in L.A., he wasn't really a regular um, until, like, 1961. But, yeah, so he was 20 years, 59 days old in 1958. Can you name uh, how many Dodgers okay. uh, debuted at a younger age since Ron Fairley? Okay, so what's my target age here? Uh, 20, 20 years, 59 days. Okay. Four. Higher. <laughs> Eight. Every, everything's higher. Twelve. It is twelve. See? Um, Just gotta go force. Edwin Jackson uh, debuted on his 20th birthday, 2003, against Randy Johnson. Everyone else was before twenty. Uh, Willie Crawford was the youngest at eighteen years. Yeah, that that eight. is that is legitimately 
a good amount higher than I would have thought. I mean, I, I guess I don't have a real relation for it. It happens a little less. Does it happen less often now? That's my impression. But maybe, so, maybe I'm yeah, just wrong. Kind of, yes. I think they happen in weird spurts. Like, So the Dodgers had it happen uh, a lot in the 60s. Uh, in fact, six times in the 60s after Fairley in 58. Joe Moeller, Dick Kalmus, Daryl Griffith, Willie Crawford, Bobby Valentine, uh, who was man, he injuries really screwed his career. Like he would have been, he was really of all those like 1968 draft picks. Like he was thought of to be the best, and like he ended up, you know, being a, a very successful like manager, but like not, you know, because of injuries. Um, yeah, Bill Buckner also mm-hmm. before 20, uh, Fernando Valenzuela. Uh, just uh, a couple months shy of his 20th birthday, Gil Reyes, <laughs> um, catcher. Uh, side note with him, he debuted in 1983. Um, I believe this is the case. Um, yeah, in 19, he would have been, so in the 1988 World Series, uh, Mike Social, like, I forgot, I think he hurt his knee. I forgot what he exactly what he injured. But uh, Rick Dempsey, uh, caught game five. And I think the story was, Josh Sushan had this in his book, I think the deal was had the series went back to LA, the Dodgers would have had to like uh, uh, bench Sosha like off the roster and had they would have had Gil Reyes replace him like on the roster. So, But it didn't happen because they won in game five. Um, but yeah, Kareem Garcia and then the, the, other, the other two are uh, a little more famous, Adrian Beltre, might have heard of him, mm. and, and uh, Julio Urias. Yeah. So, yeah, so that it's a good list, like, it's a fun little list, but like, so, like, uh, just looking from a like sort of macro or like higher view from fairly from 1961 to 66, uh, he averaged two and a half war, he played um, mostly right field and first base, sort of a mix. Different years, he was at different positions. Uh, his best year was 65, 3.7 war. He had 110 OPS plus in his 12 years with LA. His career OPS plus was 117 in 21 years. He played all, all over, actually, and he had 1,913 hits a lot. Um, I would say this. So I looked up an old thing. Um, this is from the 1968 Dodgers yearbook. I'm just going to read you this whole, this whole quote. This is great. This is one of those where it's clearly written by, like, a team PR person, like the way it sort of comes off. But, like, this is the quote. Um, For a guy with a lifetime batting average of 272, a consistent RBI count averaging about 70 per year, and a classic batting stroke, the collapse of his batting average all the way to 220 is just one of those things you don't try to explain. And (laughs) there was only one real highlight in Ron's season. He had the honor of hitting the first Dodger homer of the year in late April against the Cards. I looked this up late April. Yeah, hit the first like, run wait, the season. What? So that, that caught my eye. So he hit it on April 23rd uh, against Joe Horner. That was the Dodgers' ninth game. Uh, <laughs> like, cool. So in the live ball era, um, they've only uh, had a streak of no home runs, uh, one streak longer than that to start a year. Can you guess the year? I'll give you a hint. It's in the same decade. I, no. All right. 
It was 1960. I'm done playing your games. Okay. <laughs> pre <laughs> twice as long as I've been alive. I just, just, you, you would have said a number I would have been lower. You know, yeah. All right. You just wanted to play cocktail with. I appreciate that. It's I appreciate a fun game. That. Yeah. I respect I respect the uh, prices right slash card sharks. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So, uh, but like fairly like was in like the golden era like in terms of like Dodgers uh, in LA especially. He played in four World Series. He was a regular in '65, as I said. So his 1965 series, like Kopax ended up winning the MVP, and rightfully so. He won. He pitched shutouts in Game Five and Game Seven. The last one on two days rest. So pretty crazy. But had had Kopax not won it, like fairly was like in line for MVP. He was 11 for 29. He hit two home runs, six RBIs, and scored seven runs. He had a two-run single in game four He uh, that sort of broke open the game. That was the Dodgers' first uh, – oh, that helped them tie the series. He scored one run in all seven games. He's the only player ever to score a run in all seven World Series games in one year. Like, not just with the Dodgers. Any team. Nobody's ever mm-hmm. done it except Ron Fairley. Um, his seven total runs in the series tied a Dodgers World Series record. Can you name the two players he's tied with? Oh Lord, Jackie Robinson. No, uh, I will give you a hint. They're all they're they're both are in the seventies. Uh, Ron Say. Nope. <laughs> Steve Carvey. Nope. Reggie Smith and Davey Lopes. Thank you. <laughs> I was, was going to keep naming infield, baby. I was going to get to one of them eventually. <laughs> Ron Fairley had eleven hits. That ties a Dodger World Series record. Can you name the two people? <laughs> you just tell me. I, I have a revenge, by the way. We have a question coming up, and I'm going to get my uh, revenge. Make you look good. like the idiot. It's uh, no question. Uh, Mary, Maury Wills, 1965, <laughs> and uh, and Bill Russell, 1978. Making Jacob play the name 1960s Dodgers game is just really cool. So, so Ron Fairley, right? Like yeah. he had a full baseball life, man. Like so, the Dodgers when they traded him. They they traded him with an infielder named Paul Popovich, which is a great name. Uh, <laughs> and in June, June of 1969, so uh, we haven't we hadn't even landed on the moon yet, and they made this trade. All they got back in return was the return of Maury Wills oh. uh, for his second stint with the Dodgers and Manny Mota. <laughs> hey, and, yeah, who and he was basically with the Dodgers forever since. So, <laughs> um, so fairly, he had the uh, distinction of not only playing with the Expos in their first year. He made an all-star team with them in 1973. But he also played with the Blue Jays in their first year in 1977, and he made an all-star team with them. That's awesome. So, yeah. so like Mr. And, Canada. Uh, and then, like, so basically, what, r- almost right after he was done playing, he started announcing uh, Angels games, 1979. Then he moved on to the Giants at some point in the 80s. And then um, I, I think, like, I forgot the exact year. I think I want to say 93, he started calling Mariners games. So, 27 years he was a broadcaster uh, from 1979-2006. At a few times, I think after like Dave Niehaus died, he, he stepped in and called a few games for them, for the Mariners. And he was sort of off and on, like occasionally go back for a series or something. But man, what a that's like that's like 50-plus years that's in a baseball. baseball life. Yeah, yeah that, that's beautiful. And so uh, guys like him should be celebrated. So Absolutely. I, rest in peace, Ron Fairley. That's our Dodgers Rewind. Well, we have one more segment. We're gonna we're gonna make this a quick one. I'm gonna blister through these. We're already something like eight hours over, but it's time for questions from Craig. 
you know, it keep timestamps in this little notebook next to me, and I'm not used to writing as many numbers as I'm writing. Right <laughs> so I've got a I trivia love- question. This is my revenge from Craig. I appreciate this, Craig, to uh, make you look like an idiot, uh, yep. <laughs> making me answer all these stupid Dodger trivia questions. Um, can you name it's the, the <laughs> decades over? Did you know this area? The you, zero to nine decades over. Yeah, the two thousand. I don't want. I don't want to hear from these. The decades actually won the zero troopers. Decades done. Right. The numbers right, yeah. that start with one are done. Can you right. name the top four players in Major League Baseball? All of both leagues, not just the Dodgers, which you thought earlier, uh, to have to lead uh, in hits. The four highest hit collectors in the decade. So the 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 players who had the most hits over the ten years. Yes. Okay. Between 2010 and 2019, all hit over 1600. I have a hint for you if you need it. I'm I'm not going to use the hint yet. Okay. Um, I will let you know. I tried this at home. I horrifically butchered this question. Okay, so um, I know he's been at times below replacement level in the last couple years. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's played except for the one year he's basically played every every year, uh, every day, every year. Mm-hmm. So I have to say Albert Pujols. Don't don't tell me if I'm wrong or right until okay. I name four. You so uh, Albert Pujols. Um, now my instinct is to also guess Miguel Cabrera. Um, but he had he missed more time because of injury. So uh, I'm really not sure here um but just i think i'm just gonna name and just i'm gonna say miguel cabrera um man okay (laughs) then i'm also gonna say even though he retired technically this year ichiro okay so you're you're are you are you done and i named three oh okay um and i'm I'm mostly stalling, but like uh, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just trying to think here. Um, uh, just guys who've played like ten years, the last ten years, or, or like probably most of them. Um, who were the like? Who were the guys at like the 2013 All Star Game? Uh, the, you know, that's kind of what I'm like zoning in on. I'm gonna give you one hint. <laughs> you yeah, might okay. not want to do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was gonna say. All right. um, honestly, like, yeah, I don't. I I, w- I, I will need that hint now. I'm only okay. at three. Uh, all four uh, played in both leagues for multiple teams, obviously. Okay, so that, that, yeah. that that gives me high hopes that Pujols is correct, but not Cabrera. Um, we're probably for both teams. Both. That's uh, true. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait. My other guess was Ichiro, and uh, he did also play did. For both leagues, so. <laughs> Yay! I, I'm going to assume I'm three for three. So I had the um, hint. Oh god! I'm sorry. So that, what? As yeah. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Do finish. You tell me when you're done no, guessing. I, I'm in. Oh. Okay. Uh, I do want to guess a fourth player. Um. 2019. Um. <laughs> Dang it. Um, okay. Uh, um, you're a jerk. Um, <laughs> Five. Oh, too soon. Four, three, two, one. Buster Posey. Okay. So I I also guess Ichiro Pujols. Oh, it's probably Joey Votto. Dang. No, he did play both leagues. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, Joey Votto was my first guess. And then when it went. You, so Robinson Cano, 
Uh, oh, of course, yeah. And, with the, and Nick Marcakis. Okay. Yeah, Adam Jones. Oh, and perfect. Starlin Castro. Wow. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, wow. <laughs> that would have taken me a lot of guesses to get those names. So Starlin Castro, a free agent, by the way. They, oh, the Marlins declined his option. Yeah, but pretty much. Next question is for me. Uh, off-season music talk. He wants to know my five-song five, a five song playlist to listen to when you're working. Um, I'm going to go albums because I like a consistent sound. I'll either just put on lo-fi hip-hop beats or whatever playlist is going on that kind of does that. Try to avoid lyrics um, generally or very um, noticeable lyrics as much as I can. An exception to that is the artist Blood Orange. Really anything by him is amazing. Really focusy for me and then i listen to a lot of video game soundtracks of the two i will recommend are the celeste soundtrack and the hollow knight soundtrack i also i like blood orange in a seltzer that's that's (laughs) he he started that sentence and i actually took you for your word i'm like that strikes me (laughs) it's an unusual (laughs) thing for you to like so yeah i have have no idea who the person you mentioned cody bellinger was the first dodger position player to win a gold glove since adrian gonzalez in 2014 who will be the next Dodger position player to win a gold glove? I I want to I almost want to cheat on this and say Cody Bellinger at in center field <laughs> or like at, at first base or something. But like uh, I'm just gonna just to be just to say it'd be cool if I'm right. I'll say Francisco Lindor. Gavin Lux. I saw a few ice cream cakes in the grocery store case the other day. I remember buying them for birthdays from Baskin Robbins. Are you two a fan of the combined cake and ice cream concoction? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. like he goes on to go into details, but I can stop there because no, they are an abomination. Yeah, yeah like, you know what I love? I love ice cream. I love yeah. cake. I like them yeah. on the same plate. The the this combination like you are removing the greatest element of cake. And doing so yeah. by giving me sort of subpar ice cream—it's awful. Craig, Craig needed a a two word with with a with a hyphen in there or a, a slash <laughs> and or in the middle there because you can have cake or ice cream or cake and ice cream, but you cannot have ice cream cake. Yep. Like you, yeah, you just can't do it. Uh, but yeah, so there. Whew. Hour breaking in uh, after we edit down, I'll probably be um, hour and twenty minutes or so. So this is ma- one of our one of our longer. longer yeah, thank thanks for bearing with us as we kind of get our sea legs back. We we will be doing largely every other week. I think is what we're planning on. If there's <coughs> some exciting breaking news coming out, we might we might fill in uh, and do a weekly episode. Yeah. Um, largely, kind yeah, kind of keep that up until we get in earnest back in April when. When the games really start playing, we'll break in and do do a podcast on the the rumored like two year ninety three million dollar offer the Dodgers made to Garrett Cole Ooh. that'll never actually happen. <laughs> so yeah, one no, year one hundred million. Yeah, <laughs> who says maybe no? <laughs> maybe that? But it's it's really like it's like um, it's three it's four years hundred million with ninety five million paid in year one. And an and a player <laughs> option <laughs> after year one, so like it's twenty five million against the cap, but like, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. So I think next episode we're gonna talk a lot about how the Dodgers did in the, the awards with Ryu and Bellinger, and uh, we 
after my stellar performance in that trivia question of the 2010s, <laughs> we're going to talk about the we're going to zone in on the Dodgers in the 2010s and talk about uh, probably either their their team and or like who did the best in certain categories and see if there's any surprises like these. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you then. <laughs>